The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. All right, welcome everyone to Brothers on Law, right here on Go Country 105. I'm Rob Mandel, and I'm here with my brother... Larry Mandel. Indeed. And uh, Larry, you know, we were talking the other day about being a dad and what incredible uh, fun and responsibility that has been for both... What a, what a privilege it's been, right? Oh, yeah. We both raised two kids... Yeah, I've had a great experience with yeah. my kids. Now they're grown. Right. But do you remember, you know, when they were little and the first time one of them got hurt? Oh, yeah. What yeah, was that I mean, like? Well, the one I can remember is my daughter was about maybe 11 or 12 and she was in a jujitsu class. Yeah. And the the person she was opposing kind of threw her down in jujitsu. So you're, like you're, you were surprised that the kid got hurt in jujitsu class? Yeah, well, it was supposed to be all kind of, you know, orchestrated. Gen- gen- gentle jujitsu. Gentle, gentle jujitsu, <laughs> if you will. You know, they're kids, right? Yeah, yeah. But she just landed the wrong way and broke her ankle. Oh, my God. I and remember I was, that. I do remember that. Uh, and then they put some ice on it. But by And we went to the emergency room and, you know, we were just waiting, but it Nobody realized how bad the ice, how cold that ice was. So not only did she have a fractured ankle, but she burned her leg too, like whatever, first oh. degree burns. And so poor the poor kid. thing suffered. So yeah. when she had the cast on, they had to put a little window on it or the area For where the it skin. burned. Yeah, where it burned. But how, how was she how treated there at the hospital? Great. Yeah. Great. Other than just the weight, um, they were very attentive. And it was great. Yeah. Good experience with the nurses and the doctors. How yeah. about you, Rob? Oh, I, I think the very first time my my, my uh, oldest son was maybe one year old, wow. and he was just he he learned to walk, and then he was running, and he had a bottle in his mouth, and he was running around with this bottle in his mouth, and he tripped and fell, and the bottle smashed his mouth and his teeth, and blood it was very bleeding profusely from his mouth, and we thought, oh my God, he's you know he's broken his jaw or whatever, you know. And did he have we, teeth at the time? He did have <laughs> teeth, yeah, and a couple of little teeth in the front. And we and we rushed him to the emergency room, and we're like freaking out. And one of the nurses, who was so sweet, comes out. You know, he just he just cut his gum a little bit. It's fine. It bleeds a lot when it cut when it gets cut. His tooth is not smashed in. His tooth is not broken. Yeah. But we were like freaking out because we were brand new parents. And, Thank God for nurses, yeah. right? Which Thank God is a segue to our special guest today. It's, and her name is Courtney Rains. And Courtney is an RN uh, registered nurse who works at UCLA Hospital in the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. Oh, my gosh. Courtney is also a nurse mentor. And thank you, Courtney, for coming in today. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. And so uh, what does a pediatric, I I take it you must see some some stuff a lot more tough than what we've just been talking about, right? Yes, just slightly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So tell us about that. 
What do you do? So I've been there almost 12 years and I work with kids with issues dealing with the heart or trauma or cancer, you know, just a number of things, broken bones sometimes when they're really bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Heartbreaking stuff. Heartbreaking stuff. Very much so. And so it it sounds like you have to have kind of a dual uh, way of managing yourself. You almost have to have a little bit of a thicker skin to be able to keep doing it day to day, but you also have to have that empathy in order to treat these kids. Right. 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 So how do you do that? Well, I think when I started, I wasn't the best nurse. I didn't have kids and I was just like, oh, that's too bad for (laughs) that family. And then I had kids of my own and now I just feel like it adds this level of empathy and, you know, but you do have to protect yourself, which is why I decided to become a nurse mentor so I can teach nurses going into the field how to care for themselves and not get burnt out and become one of those hardened nurse ratchet types. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we don't want to have any nurse ratchets in in the pediatric ICU. (laughs) So how do you get the students, the student nurses or new nurses to, to mentor? Uh, Mainly I use my Instagram page um, and they usually approach me and we talk about kind of what they're going through and ways I can help um, prevent burnout or help them relieve symptoms of burnout. Wow, that's amazing. So it's not just within UCLA, but you offer it to any nurse that is an aspiring Mm -hmm. nurse or a new nurse. Mm -hmm. And is it um, only for ICU type nurses? No, no. I think nursing overall... You know, it's a service profession. You know, we're here to help others. Yeah. And um, it's hard to do that if you're coming in with an empty tank, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to fill up that tank. That's right. So, Instagram. Wait, I just want to Wait a minute. Didn't I start first? No. uh -uh. We were even. Courtney, who started first right now? Oh, don't put her on the spot. But she was pointing towards you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I want to know about her Instagram page, how, how the nurses that she mentors can get a hold of her. All right. Let's just talk about that for just a second, then hold your question. Yeah. Well, my page is um, Beauty of a Nurse. And Uh-oh. yeah, I think I do have such a love and passion for nursing that um, the more nurses I can reach and add that longevity to their career and see the beauty of nursing, then the more patients overall we can reach and help and heal. Wow, that is sweet. That is great stuff. Now, here was my question, because I wanted to to look at or take a deeper look at what a pediatric nurse in an ICU does. So can you fill us in on that? Absolutely. Um, our day, we work 12-hour shifts, so day shift and night shift, 7 wow. to 7. Um, we start off getting report from the off-going nurse about the big things we need to know. Then we go in and we do our assessment. We usually have one patient in the ICU, um, one, one nurse to one patient. Oh, yeah, wow. they're, one on one. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, they're that they're that in need. Exactly. That's yeah. comforting. Yeah, that is. Yeah, we do have some uh, patients who aren't as critical, and then sometimes you'll have two patients, but that's only if they're on their way out, you know, to home, and right? Everything right. like that. Um, so we do our assessment and make sure everything looks safe and as the offgoing nurse said it would look. And then they get to go home and we start our shift with, you know, 
um, rounding. So the nurses actually lead our rounds with the physician. So we read off of a script and we talk about the things that we think are important for the day. Mm-hmm. And then the doctors kind of chime in after us. So that's something that we do unique at UCLA. We're actually, we're the ones that started that um, with nurse-led rounds. Um, because that our opinion sense. is very valuable. You know, right. we're at the bedside 24-7. Doctors, you know, they they have their value as well, but they come in sort of as needed. And, you know, right. we're the ones that pick up on those subtle changes that could save a patient's life. You know, right. if we feel something's off, even if it's an intuition, you know. Do you Are you monitoring like that? We started that at UCLA, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And is there a story behind that? Um, not an interesting one. <laughs> but how about a technical you, one? But right, how about right. when you've done something like what you just explained, has it, you know, developed into saving someone's oh, life? Ev- all the time. All the time. It's almost always the nurse who says, you know, something just doesn't feel right. Like this kid's acting a little different. It's the yeah. nurse and it's the parent. And so how, could give us an example. When is that? Tell us an example of when that happened to you. Um, well, without divulging any personal information, right, right, um, which would be illegal. Right, don't do that. <laughs> um, you got two lawyers in there. Right, yeah. right, right. So um, let's see. I had a patient once who was just fussing. It was a younger baby and just crying and crying and crying oh. and crying. And the doctors were like, you know, he's a baby. He's going to cry. And, you know, and something just didn't feel right about this particular cry. I yeah. feel like I'm a baby whisperer of sorts. Nice. Like I can tell... You know, that's like not really a cry. It's a different type of cry. Yeah. And I couldn't really explain it other than it just doesn't just seem a, like right. Just like an intuition kind and of thing. And the mother of the baby was actually on the same page as me, which they almost always are because they have that same intuition right. of, you know, this just doesn't seem like it's going very well or it doesn't seem normal for right. my baby. You know, it might be normal if you walked into another patient's room, but for okay. my baby, this isn't normal. Right. And then later on in the shift, that patient had to get intubated and you know just he ended up being okay but so it was a life-saving uh Mm -hmm. exercise on your part absolutely for doing that we're larry and rob mandel the brothers on law here on go country 105 do you have a legal issue you need help with we want to hear from you find us on instagram and send us a message then tune in on saturdays at 8 a.m right here on go country 105 how proactive should the parents be uh, especially in a pediatric ward very much so They are truly their child's advocate. Um, And I tell that to every parent that I come across, that you are the last line of defense, you know, for your child. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think parents also need to care for themselves. And I feel like in the ICU, not a lot of parents leave their baby's bedside to care for themselves. Um, But I wouldn't if it were my child, you know, you just have to you're their voice when they don't have one. That's right. And as nurses, we try to allow the parents to take that break when they can so that we become the child's voice in their absence. That's that's a beautiful mm -hmm. way of putting it. So they'll stay in the room. Yes. Except for the ICU, they're allowed to stay there? No, we don't have visiting hours. We don't have any, a lot of rules and restrictions on visitors because that's, it's holistic care. You know, it's part of that child's life and the parents need to be there and, And a lot of times the babies will stop crying when they feel their mom come closer or their dad. You know, they can sense that. that That's got to be the roughest thing going for a parent. Mm -hmm. That's to see your child in that 
baddest straights that they're in an ICU. Absolutely. And 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 even though you got wonderful people like yourself in the mix, it's got to be gut wrenching. So so for you, it's gut wrenching on two levels. Mm-hmm. You see and the child's pain, and you see the the parents' anguish. One hundred percent. And you have to be a little bit of a psychologist too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're best friends, psychologists, uh, manicurists. Sometimes <laughs> we will <laughs> paint our kids' nails if uh, we can. You know, uh, we're all those things to the patients and their family. So, what would be your advice to a mom or a dad out there that's had that? Uh, you know, has a sick child in that situation. What what should they you know expect? What should they do? Mm. Um, just be your child's advocate. Don't always take what advice is given to you to heart. You know, question everything. Question everything. Question everything. Do your own research. Don't you know? It's we see kind of both extremes of families that are just like sure, do whatever, and right. you know, it's not always the right thing. And then some families who kind of don't allow the care team to that kind of interfere their, a little right. bit. So you so want to be an advocate. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to be an advocate, but don't interfere. Right. Yeah, but I also think that the parents should be respectful too because I've that's seen situations I mean. mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. where, where they're just kind of on you and they're mm-hmm. kind of screaming and right. being a little bit And then overboard. that impedes the care. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a balance. Like, I wouldn't say just to blindly take everything and run with it, but also, yeah, you know, respect their training. And yeah. How long does it take to become a nurse? So I kind of took a unique approach where I went to community college for two years and then I'm now getting my bachelor's degree like 12 years later because oh. back then you didn't need a bachelor's degree. To be an RN. To be an RN. Yeah. Um, you could sit for your boards. Um, but I just decided I wanted to get mine and finish what I started years ago. So um, yeah. it depends. If you go straight from high school, it's a four-year bachelor's degree, but you could there's a lot of different ways to become a nurse. But I mean, is typically the the degree you're getting in nursing? Yes. Okay. So I have my associate's degree in nursing, and okay. I'm almost finished with my bachelor's of science in nursing. And then there's a master's of science in nursing. You can become a nurse practitioner, nurse educator, uh, nurse PhD. I mean, there's wow. a doctor nurse. There's quite a bit. There's <laughs> yeah. quite a bit to nursing. Oh yeah. I, I got to tell you, Rob, one time I was in the hospital and it was kind of a serious condition. And I just had this one nurse and I just loved her. And I just felt like she walks in the room and I was in, actually in ICU at the time. And I was like, thank God she's back. She's here. Yeah, she's My here. angel. Do, do, do you have that feeling from some of your patients? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially with kids, you know, when their face lights up instead oh. of... You know, usually the first time you're meeting them, they scream when they see you come okay. in. Because you're not mom. With, exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, hi, how are you? You know, you're yeah. in their face and they're <laughs> like, who is this lady? Um, and sometimes we do have to do things that don't feel so good, even right. though they're to help. Um, but it's amazing when you walk in a room and their face actually lights up for the first time after <laughs> tears. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. But there's such a high duty 
a high level of reliance for, uh, on the patient. And is that what you're, when you were talking about burnout, is that what you're talking about? Is that, you know, having that responsibility day in, day out, hour after hour? Kind Absolutely. Of thing? I mean, if a lot of jobs, if you make a mistake, you know, it costs a lot of money or, uh, you know, a lot of people sure. can suffer. But in nursing and in the medical field, if you make a mistake, it's someone's life and especially yeah. a child's life. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I have seen mistakes made that are detrimental right. how do they how do they avoid the mistakes or is it now elevated to where everything's so computerized and you can look at you know a patient's chart mm -hmm. you know through the computer as opposed to the back in the day where right. it was just like a handwritten so chart. i started back in the, the day when it was notes, handwritten right? and i missed that <laughs> partly because right now with the computers i feel like it takes an element of the human aspect out of it and I don't like relying on computers. I, I'm a paper and pencil kind of girl. Um, so it can be challenging because a lot of people, newer nurses that are coming on that are just familiar with the technology will just come in and scan things and not really look at the name and, you know, like relying too much on that technology. So Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. What are the patient's rights? What are the kids' rights? What are the parents' rights from your perspective? From my perspective, I mean, pediatrics is unique in the sense that you usually have a guardian, so you can't really make your own decisions. Um, not that they're begging to, but right. you know, you do have to turn to the family or the guardian um, in some cases for consent. So when they come into the hospital, from what I know, I mean, we don't, luckily nurses don't deal a lot with legalities and insurance and all that type of stuff. Cause we're focused on, you know, caring for the patient only. And, um, but from what I do know, you know, we get consents for everything. And it's usually at the beginning of the hospital stay, um, consenting for blood transfusion and all those types of things. Yeah. Um, there have been times that I'm aware of where if a family does not want to consent to a life-saving intervention, two physicians can um, sign something that would legally say... Override that. Override that. Oh, Is that wow. like an advanced directive? It's a little different. It's more of like in the moment if... Um, they do have advanced directives. It's not as common in pediatrics, but... Um, it's more of like in the moment, especially in the ICU, when something is about to, you know, is going down and the family might not agree with what we want, but the physicians and the care team knows that without this particular intervention, like for instance, blood transfusions, um, right. and there's a religious contraindication to that, um, but it would mean life or death, then two physicians can sign off on that. So you is have the right to, to advocate for your child but you may not have the right to decline life-saving measures for your trial. I mean, in some child. instances you can when, it, when you're on palliative care or if there's no cure and you're kind of at the end stages of life, you okay. can, you can, you know, it's all very fluid. You can say, I don't want any more done. And it, right. most of the time the physicians respect that because they know, you know, there is no cure and this child is suffering. And that's, you know, one of our oaths is not to you know, cause suffering. Of course, mm -hmm. do no harm. But now does that apply to adults too, what you just said about the two physicians? Let's say it's a blood transfusion. I believe so, um, but it might not. I don't, you know, I don't know. I've only ever worked with pediatrics. Oh, so you're yeah. a specialist from oh, the get-go. Yeah. yeah, so I don't, I don't know. 
So we were talking uh, before about this case that's very disturbing, and, and there's many, many cases, unfortunately, like this, where there has been a child that repeatedly comes to the ER, repeatedly comes to the hospital with injury, and they suspect that the, the parents are at the, uh, they're actually abusing the child or, and, and, you know, at the root of all this. And so uh, have you been in that situation where you've seen that and you've had to, you know, take action for a kid and report it? Yes. Um, when we initially get a patient from the ER, um, we do an admission assessment and we have a whole category on, you know, suspicious injuries or we ask the child if they're old enough, like, do you feel safe? And then um, depending on the type of injury that they come in for, um, they'll do, they'll initiate something called the scan team where they come and they'll check for like retinal hemorrhages, you know, old fractures and various oh stages of healing. There's a whole screening. Um, when we're lucky enough to have an institution that takes that very seriously and, you know, looks and, and you report it to a social agency. Do you report it or somebody so. does? Um, I would tell like the physician, I have this suspicion and then usually they take it steps further. I don't really, or I could talk to the social worker if I do right. have a concern um, at all times, regardless of what they come in with or for, you know, if something looks concerning, we yeah. have a lot of people that yeah. are on board to yeah, help. It sounds like the system failed though in that Lancaster case oh, that you're talking gosh. about, Rob. Talk about failure, yeah. yeah. Now, are you there at the... Um, main campus mm -hmm. then in Westwood? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful yeah, hospital. That's actually. incredible. Yeah. It is. It's huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge, but but very well run. Yeah. And we were so lucky to have that in our in our city. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's like world-class care right mm -hmm. here in L.A., you mm -hmm. know. Number one uh, in California. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And yeah. it, that's saying something because you got Berkeley mm -hmm. and you got um, uh, Stanford. Stanford. Stanford and, yeah. You know, so that really is saying something. So we were talking about being a nurse mentor. Can you just elaborate a little bit more? What is a nurse mentor? Yeah, um, some people call it a nurse coach, a nurse mentor. Um, basically, I started to suffer from a lot of symptoms of burnout myself, you know, coming home and needing that glass of wine every day. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, My you know, brother eating. does that every <laughs> lunch, this guy. You right, right. Five martini lunch, I don't know. <laughs> He's a crazy kid, but uh, you know what? Let's go have a martini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. You know, doing these unhealthy right. things to cope with the death and the sadness and the, you know, the intensity of our career and our yeah. calling. Um, so I went through my own personal struggle with that and found a lot of things that helped me to recover and to be you know, living my best life and in alignment with why I even chose to be a nurse in the first place. Um, so it actually just came to me kind of like the calling to become a nurse. It nice. came to me the same way and just wanting to help as many nurses as I can ultimately to help as many patients as we can. So We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. You were just written up in Voyage LA Magazine as mm -hmm. number number one lady boss. <laughs> yeah. Is that what right? is that? How yeah, was that? Yeah, that was What's awesome. that all about? Yeah, they reached out to me and just said that they really liked my content and the things I was doing for nurses and the community. And um, that was just a huge honor and super cool. 
And are, so, what, what does lady boss mean? Does it mean like you're just a boss lady, or does it mean you actually uh, are a supervisor or a boss of? Well, I am a supervisor and a charge nurse, um, but I think the context of the article, they were saying the new face of I what see. like a boss is. You know, a lady yeah. boss, kind of like me. Yeah, well, it's a lady boss. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> well, like he says, oh, I like him. I'm yeah. a lady, yeah. no, a man boss. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was just saying that you don't have to, you know, fit into this mold of being, you know, what a boss I think traditionally used to be that there's other ways to empower other women and to lift up, you know, your community and that in and of itself is being a hashtag lady boss. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Well, Larry and I are all about empowering women. We really are. And we we dig what you're doing. Hey, tell us again that, that website that you have for the other nurses to reach you and get mentoring. Um, the best place is my Instagram at beauty of a nurse. And I do have the website, www.beautyofanurse.com. But I'm currently building that. So, um, that uh, if you follow my Instagram, I constantly update, um, my followers on what I'm doing and what I can offer. And okay. Things like so that. So Beauty stuff. of a Nurse or Courtney Reigns are That's in. right. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Well, Courtney, thank you for the work you do. And we're going to move on to our next segment, which is called Tip of the Day. But uh, stick around till the end of our show so we can thank you properly by for stopping by. Rob, let's talk about our Tip of the Day. All right. So our tip is if you've been in an accident and you're seeking medical attention, and for yourself or your kid, right? Uh, trying to get to UCLA. No, but that's... Yeah. But, uh, Look up tell, Courtney. Yeah. And tell your physician for sure of all the injuries you're feeling. Because if you forget to tell your doctor something, it may backfire. The other side, you know, if, you, if you're if you in an accident and you're going up against a, an insurance company, or if you're going up against an, an opposing uh, driver or whatever, um, if you don't... Uh, you know, document be thorough, you're right. If you don't thoroughly document everything that's going on, and then later, oh, you know, like now the lower back didn't hurt that much in the beginning, but you know, a month later, it's the thing that's really killing you, and you didn't quite, you know, speak up. Then they're going to try and hold that against you and make you come out, you know, make out like you're a faker or something. Yeah. So you just want like, to watch out for yeah, that. Yeah. Just like in Courtney's line of work, in, in your context, you you want to make sure that you get all the information about what's bothering the person because. The, something that seems benign at the time could be a lot more serious, right? Exactly. So, Courtney, how about this? True or false, right? There is a ban in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, on people looking at their cell phones while they're uh, walking, crossing a street. I would hope that's true. Okay, you think <laughs> it's true? It is true, says Cam. Wow. Yeah. yeah, the fines start at $15 and go as high as $99 for multiple violations. Wow. Laugh all you want. Yeah. But texting and walking, my God, look at this statistic, causes 11,000 injuries per year and so soon could be banned in other states. Don't do it. Just and I imagine, can you imagine you're walking down the street, you're looking, you're texting while you're walking down the street, you're crossing the street, you walk right in front of a car yeah. or I've a guy these, on his bicycle. I've seen these funniest or, video yeah. shows where somebody's just walking and goes right into a fountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they trip over their own two feet. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, let's let's be safe out there and let's not be silly, right? Okay. So our producers say we have a message in the Mandel message box. Let's check the Mandel message box. Hi, Larry. Hi, Rob. I was driving down the street, and I hit this big pothole, and it damaged my oil pan. 
Uh, I was wondering, um, is the city liable to pay for that? Thanks, I love the show. Pothole in the street damaged the oil pan in a car. Is the city liable, Rob? What do you think? Well, you know, potholes are a problem. You know, infrastructure, when you hear about infrastructure, what that generally means is missing or ill-repaired highways and bridges and roads. And uh, it, it very much depends on how long the pothole was there. If it was a brand new thing and the city didn't really have notice of it or they didn't have time to fix it, then probably you're on your own, you know, and hopefully have that collision coverage. If it's just an oil pan, you're lucky. If no one got hurt, then, you know, thank your lucky stars and, and you know, get the thing fixed. If you want to make a claim to the city, you can, but you're going to have to figure out how to get all the information as to how long that pothole was there, you know, how many opportunities they had to fix it. If they didn't fix it, it's not strict liability. They had to have had notice and failed to fix it. And you have six months in a governmental claim in California in order to put in your claim. So there are some strict time limitations. Right. It's a hassle. You need a lawyer to help you. That's right. <laughs> but, but you know what? For an oil pan, probably not worth it, you know, if no. you got the insurance to fix your car. But if someone got hurt, definitely you want to check into it. And I had that very case, and I went against the city, and we resolved it during right. litigation. Right. She I had hurt. one, too. I yeah. see me. Yeah. That's right. All right. So, well, It's about time about... to wrap up our show, Rob. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Oh, good. Well, right. I'll say it for you. All we right, want go to ahead. give a big thanks to Courtney Raines for taking her time out of her super busy schedule to come down and talk with us today. If you missed any part of the show or you want to hear any previous shows, head on over to brothersonlaw.com. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for another exciting show right here on Go Country 105. And Rob, remember to let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.